Okay, how do you really feel about centers? Do you have sort of a love-hate relationship with them? Like, you know they could be really effective, but they can also be insanely hard to manage and to plan for. If this sounds relatable, I really think you're going to love this episode because I want to talk about four center mistakes that so many lower elementary teachers make. You are going to love this, and I know you're going to be able to take these and make the changes that you need to to start loving centers or at least to start make planning for them a little bit easier. Welcome to the Teacher Time Podcast, a space where teachers are empowered to take control of their prep time so they can enjoy their time off guilt-free. You know how teachers are always working long hours? Here, we're changing that norm together by tackling your biggest productivity questions and planning challenges. I'm your host, Stephanie Polovchik, kindergarten teacher, toddler mama, and your very own productivity mentor. I know what it takes to get your important tasks done so you can consistently work your scheduled hours as a teacher, and I'm sharing it all with you here. In this community, we believe that you can be an effective teacher without sacrificing your free time. So let's ditch that constant cycle of overwhelm for teacher time strategies that work. Why? Because your time matters. Okay, so I'm guessing that you decided to listen to this episode because centers can be a challenge and you're wondering if you're making any of the mistakes that we're going to talk about today, right? I have totally been there and I would be lying if I said that centers ran perfectly every day in my classroom. That is definitely not true. But even if they're not perfect, they are purposeful and easy to implement for everyone. I also feel super confident in planning for centers and planning in a way that my students know what they're supposed to be doing during centers and they are getting the practice that they need to continue mastering skills. Now, like I said, that was not always the case. I want to back up for a minute here because there was a time when They weren't either of those things. They weren't purposeful. They weren't easy to implement or plan for anybody. Um, Actually, they were what I would call like a hot mess. (laughs) So I want to kind of tell you a little backstory, I guess, of centers. So my first year of teaching in particular, I just like could not wrap my head around what centers would look like. I mean, I had seen them in the classroom that I student taught in. Um, I saw, you know, what teachers were doing on social media, but I myself had a really hard time wrapping my brain around the flow of centers and what my students should be doing during that time. It honestly felt like it was just too much independent time for students. Have you ever felt that way? Like, Maybe you're questioning the purpose behind centers and why your students are spending so much time working independently while you meet with small groups. It also, at the time, felt like I was just planning busy work for them. It didn't feel purposeful. So I specifically couldn't grasp how my students should be rotating through the different centers. And 
So I had support in my classroom that first year where, uh, with a literacy coach and he was awesome. He helped me with centers. He really like to his credit asked me how I wanted to, to run centers in my classroom. And I told him, I just don't know. Like I really can't wrap my brain around this. And I asked for his help. I asked what he suggested. So he described a system to me and we implemented it with students and truly it went well while he was in the classroom. Once he was no longer supporting in the classroom, I again had trouble keeping up with planning activities for my students and managing it because it wasn't a system that worked for me. I felt like I just had so much to manage. And so it really is important to find a system that works for you. Over the next few years after that, I really ironed out what I envisioned centers looking like for my students and noticing what worked and what didn't work. Now, centers are definitely still a work in progress. There's something that I do adjust every day depending on the student. I mean, not every day. (laughs) There's something that I do adjust every year depending on the students in my classroom. But in general now, the centers that I do plan are purposeful. They're easy to plan for and they're engaging. Plus they're less on me to manage. So I want to jump in with you and talk about the four really common mistakes that most teachers do make, many teachers do make when it comes to centers. And these mistakes could be making it really challenging to plan what your students are going to do and just how they're going to move about during this time in your classroom. Um, I do recognize that everybody has different requirements um, depending on where you work and what you know what your school or your district requires as far as how long your center block is how many groups you need to to meet with so we're not going to be talking about those specific things in we're just going to talk about these very very common mistakes that i think really no matter what your requirements are you can adjust to um to make sure that you are not making these mistakes. Okay, so mistake number one is not using any student choice. And what I mean is like where you say, this is what you're doing, this is the only thing that you can do, and and that's it. So what I have found, and I have done this, I have done all of these mistakes. So what I have done in the past is I have done this. I have said, okay, these students are at the writing center and this is the one thing you can do during that center. And what I have found is that this results in a lot more needing to redirect students, um, kind of just feeling like you're really <laughs> forcing them to do the work instead of giving them um, the power to choose. And I'm not saying that you need to allow students to choose like from every single center, all these different choices, but I am saying that providing opportunity for students to make a choice gives them more control um, and it, it gives them more like investment in the activity. You know what I mean? So instead of feeling like they are trapped in having to do whatever the writing center activity is, you could have them 
you know, assigned to a certain center, for example, the writing center, but provide opportunities for choice in that center. So maybe they can make a list, maybe they can make a card, maybe they can write a little book, whatever it might be, whatever your students have been practicing and can do with some independence. If you do not have any student choice in your centers, I would highly recommend finding ways to implement choice in your centers as soon as possible. And this does not have to be overcomplicated. Again, if if you really want to, you know, make sure that your students are assigned to a certain center, you can totally do that still, but just put a couple of different options in there for them. I think you'll be surprised with how much more invested students are in an activity when they get to choose what it is. Okay, so mistake number two is too many transitions. I spent a lot of time thinking about this over the summer when we went from being virtual to going back into the classroom. And I thought about how one of the most challenging times during centers was the transition time. It it was like a time suck, right? Like they the students had to clean up. Then I would have them, you know, either I've done it a couple different ways. They could stand at their center until they saw where they were going next and then go there. Or they'd have to go back to like their home base spot and then see where they were going and go to their center. But it was just like a lot of transition, a lot of movement around the classroom. And so I got rid of those transitions completely this year. And let me tell you, it was a game changer. So instead of, you know, transitioning too many times, think about how you can limit transitions. Can students maybe move more freely between choices at a center? And so one way that we do this is my students have like, they have where they're supposed to be working. And so, for example, I have students who work through center tubs, through the writing center, through um, technology. And within those centers, they are able to choose multiple activities that are within their realm of like independence. And once they finish that activity, they are allowed to clean it up and go do something else. As long as they are working and they are using the activities the way that it is supposed to be used, they are allowed that choice and they are allowed to move freely between activities. I have found this to be super helpful because students can work at their own pace and there's just one transition at the end of centers where we're all cleaning up and we're all going back to our space. This works for me, and I think it could be really beneficial if you're finding that transitions are loud, chaotic, and just taking a little too much time. I would highly encourage you to think about how you could make a change in the way your students are transitioning. Okay, so mistake number three. Oh, this is such a big one. I think this is why I oftentimes felt like students were spending too much independent time is that centers are too long. So that's the mistake is your centers are lasting too long. I mean, truthfully, especially in the lower elementary grades, students do not need to be spending 
oh gosh, more than 15 minutes on an activity. Um, and I think that's where like maybe we're expecting a little too much um, as far as like the time that they should be spending working. I mean, think about it. Your independent tasks during whole group lessons probably don't last more than 15 minutes. If we are asking students to stay engaged in an activity for too long, it's just not going to happen. It's going to take so much self-control that they just haven't developed yet. And that's okay that that they shouldn't have developed that yet. Um, so reflect on how long your centers are and when you might be losing your students and then see what you can adjust from there. I also find this to be the same truth with like our small groups. like. I personally feel like quality over quantity applies here as well. The quality of your instruction is more important than the length of your instruction. A longer lesson does not always equal a more effective lesson. Just something to think about. Okay, mistake number four is changing centers out too much. I'm kind of giggling to myself here because I used to plan to like change certain centers out in the middle of the week. Every week I felt like if my students did it once, they couldn't do it again. Like, oh my goodness. And then that just created more stress on me because I had to plan more and more centers. Here's the thing. Students thrive on repetition and they they need to repeat those activities to master them and to solidify them. Also, we do not need to be making our jobs harder for ourselves. Centers are a time where your students can practice activities that they have already learned. It's a time for them to practice their independent work skills. And it's not a time for them to be learning brand new activities or practicing material that they just learned. We want them to feel confident. We want them to know what to do. That is going to limit the disruptions that we have to um, tend to. And so part of making sure that students can work independently is providing them with activities that they know how to do. So Allow yourself, like give yourself the permission to not change centers out so much. I mean, truthfully, I change centers out um, once a month. We do like a, a big overhaul, but then like, you know, every so often I'll, I'll take one out, add a new one in, but it's always something that they know how to do so that I don't need to spend center time teaching them. You don't want to do that. You want to spend center time working with your small groups of students and having your students work independently in their centers. If you're interested in learning more about how you can organize your centers to maximize student independence, I have a really helpful blog post that I'm going to link to in the show notes for you. There's just some really great tips on how to set up your centers, how to organize your centers that you are not using and that you are using so that students can access them more independently. And if you're also wondering like, how you can support your students in knowing where they need to be, what they need to be doing. My favorite tool for doing that is having center slides. And so I do have center slides that are ready to go for you, as in like you're provided with icons and timers that can transition automatically. And you just kind of like select. It's basically like a build your own center slides type of thing. So I will link to that resource in the show notes as well this system for organizing centers and the center slides are 
basically like my two favorite tools for making sure that my students know what to do, know where they need to be, and can access the materials independently, which is exactly what you need your students to be doing so that you can focus on teaching your small groups with less interruptions. So I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes for you. Before we end the episode, let's do a quick recap of the four mistakes that we talked about. So mistake number one, not using student choice. Remember, if you have not been using any kind of choice in your centers, I highly recommend that you find even one center, one way that you can implement more choice. You don't have to do a complete overhaul of your centers right now if that's not something you're prepared to do, but think about one way you can add a little more choice into your centers. Another mistake, mistake number two, is having too many transitions. So if you feel like transitions are sucking up so much time and energy during center time, consider how you can limit the amount of transitions that are happening as a whole group. Mistake number three, your centers are lasting too long. If your students are struggling to stay engaged or to stay on task even during your centers, it could be that they're lasting too long. And so remember, quality over quantity is important here. Mistake number four, changing out centers too much. Remember that repetition is huge for students. Routine is huge for students. We want our students to be practicing their independent work skills. And in order to do that, they need to know what they're doing. They need to know how to do the activities and not have too many questions about how to do them. So consider where or like how you can change out centers um, less often. Trust me, this is going to be huge on your planning and stress levels too. All right. And like I said, I will link to that blog post and my center slides resource in the show notes for you. If you have any questions that you would like answered, I didn't do an Ask Stephanie segment again today. um, But if you have any questions, make sure you submit them and I will be sure to include an Ask Stephanie segment soon. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what we talked about here and want to connect further, you can find everything you need on my website, www.teachinglittleleaders.com. And if you loved this episode in particular, share it with your teacher friends by taking a screenshot and posting to Instagram stories. Make sure to tag me at Teaching Little Leaders so I can see it and reshare. I'll see you next Tuesday. Have a fabulous week.